On it's a very good afternoon. Uh, we'll take two on that, Rotsy. Well, uh, that would be got everything ready except the button. That's why I'm not the button man. Yeah, yeah the button man. <laughs> anyway, uh, listeners, good afternoon. Welcome to Two Smoking Guns here on this chilly Sunday afternoon here on uh, 88.3 Southern FM. As uh, we come to you again, still in our little uh, separate boxes at ISO Central um, from the studios. Uh, but as always, a very good afternoon to you. My co-partner and presenter, Rutsy. Good afternoon, Scotty. And uh, I do feel a little bit like one of those people in the towers. (laughs) I tell you what. We'll talk a bit about this in a minute. How much longer? I mean, I was going to say how much longer, but you know what? It... How much longer last week? How much longer now? Oh, no. I mean, no. what did we get up to? 109 new cases yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah. This, this from the Herald Sun, off the, off, straight off the bat, yeah. this is the last piece of COVID I'm talking about today. But okay. Straight off the bat, this right. is not my opinion. Yeah. It's the opinion of the Sun, Herald Sun editorial team. Yeah. Victoria is now the pariah state of Australia. Shut off on every border, we are universally derided as a failure. The only state where coronavirus infections are soaring on a daily basis. It is a national shame we allowed this killer virus to break out again and infect scores of our citizens whilst interstate, the virus is under control. Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, Darwin, Hobart. Yep. Businesses are reopening and life is returning to normality. Yep. Not here. And to add even more salt into our wounds, this week our football teams will leave our state and we won't likely see them for the rest of the year. More of that later. Uh, This is truly heartbreaking, did not have to happen. For months it looked like the draconian rules here, the nation's toughest, had made all the difference. Today it looks like we were robbed. Robbed by our government that failed to implement a hotel quarantine scheme conceived by the Premier of this state. If there is one thing the state government must know is this. None of us will ever forget this awful period in our lives and none of us will ever forget the role of the Andrews government in the crisis. Whack! From the Herald Sun. That is... And I know you've got more on the hotel quarantine fiasco yeah. a little bit later. Well, you've just smashed that out of the ballpark, old son, so that's mm. uh, fantastic. And I have, um, because there has been a monumental... Um, Cluster slip-up, slip-up, yeah. uh, monumental failure to, uh, to enforce these laws. Uh, and not only that, in terms of what you just said... The rest of the country's open, and, yeah. and, and they're saying to us, you're not welcome. You're not welcome Don't here come. anymore. So, I, did, a- I did love, during the week, yeah. uh, Ross Noble, who's a very funny yeah, man, very long-haired funny. English yeah. comedian. Like him a lot. Who, uh, and these are, this is his gag, not mine, but I thought it worth sharing. Yeah. He, uh, he says we're in what, what he calls the Spice Girls paradigm at the moment. Oh. Yes. Right. Yes. We're trying our very best, but Victoria's messing it up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's very oh, good. That's very clever. Oh, that's very well clever. Done, yeah, no, that's very clever. But yeah, they, they um, we're basically shut. I mean, Dan didn't do himself any favours by saying, why would you want to go to Adelaide? Yeah, now well, Adelaide are saying, well, we're open. We're open. So, we've got uh, footy crowds, pal. And uh, you're not welcome. We're not letting you in. No. And you, you see the couple of boys that uh, decided to sneak, try and sneak across into South Australia? Didn't they got bogged? Yeah, well, they actually went They actually went one way and got caught yeah. and then doubled back and then got found that they were yeah. bogged. So they they got, got, got handed a $1,600 fine or something. And on your bike, boys. Doubled up. <laughs> yeah, they got, got a double whack. Now, 
I know you're from that. You uh, used, used to be part of that sort of world of, of security. So, mm. what, what do you make of a security guard that says, "Look, why don't why don't you? I'll walk you across the road to Seven Eleven. You can get a pie and a, and a drink. You know, yeah. that's strict quarantine rules. Yeah. And what about the young ones that are um, just having a bit of hush McCundy with yeah. some of the punters? Well, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I wish I could tell you that I've never heard that before. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, I can recall one particular story, and it didn't even involve a hotel. It was it just involved a stairwell. Uh, but anyway, another story, another time, and not uh, for public airing. Um, oh, mate, I'll, I'll, uh, when we we'll actually go through it because it's got oh. some serious ramifications, and there's got to be some serious ramifications for whoever put them in. And I'm fam- I'm familiar with the the said entity that was engaged, right. Um, and uh, that's about all I'm going to say on that. Yes. Uh, so Buffington, yeah, Tuffington, yeah, Smart the third. I'm, I'm, just getting, I'm just getting the pen in the back of their head saying, he's up, old boy, and uh, don't go too hard. Uh, but, uh, mate, I'll come back to that because it's um, we'll, we'll find a spot to do that when we sort of want to get a bit a bit serious because we always want to start off a bit light and bright, yeah, don't we, we? We do, mate. And, and we and got to and tell, so can I just run through? Yes, please. That's all right. And yeah. then I'd like to re- use a reciprocal. So that the punters know what we're uh, we're on about today. I I've, uh, I dived uh, right into the Adelaide preseason camp, you and I think did. you did too. So oh, um, it's gold. It's, it's it's really well. It's it's good, but it's there's another some serious tissue in there. Another example of how to stuff something royally well, through poor leadership. Well, when you talk about people being blindfolded and handcuffed to trees and eight blokes trying to pull you backwards while you've got, you know, things going up under your nails trying to get a key to unlock handcuffs uh, so that you can breathe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Inspiring anyway, stuff. Now, here's is. one for you. I'm going to talk to you about drones and rabbits. Good. Uh, so that's a bit different. Uh, I think uh, you've got a piece I'll leave that to you on Eddie. Uh, yeah. You can, yeah so right. the hotel security we just talked about. I've got a piece about tutors uh, and what the world looks like. So, as we've said, every... Out of every situation, something new evolves, mm-hmm. uh, and tutors aren't new. But now we're talking about you know state or federal governments becoming involved and in it being on a very very large scale. So um, we'll have a quick chat about that. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about uh, losing the tie. I think we lost the tie quite a while ago here in Melbourne. I can't remember the last time. No, I anyway, maybe a wedding or a funeral. Yeah, so um, I'll talk about that. Uh, there's a new gold. What's that? Yeah, it's called saffron. Ooh, and you know what I've I done, Rusty? You know what I've done? What? You, you know what I like to do? Yes. Um, I like to extrapolate numbers. Oh, yes. Good. So I've done a further extrapolation. Scotty the mathematician. In, in relation to the value of saffron um, versus uh, another expensive uh, mineral. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we're going to play uh, a little bit of a track, uh, and I'm going to talk to you about uh, what's the matter you. Oh, yes. Yeah, Joe Dolce. Joe Dolce's so, back. Um, and then there's a, a little piece we'd like to do. I'll talk to you about the Australian. They've come up with a new logo. Spent $3 million on it. They could have just spent about a dollar fifty by the look of it. <laughs> um, anyway, and then I just thought because we're now in sort of double lockdown or, you know, reverse lockdown or whatever we're in, I give up now. Uh, I've brought back in the uh, the Right Brain Workbook. Oh, good. That you uh, that we've discussed a while ago. But yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just going to ask you to give me, at some point when we do this, and again, we'll do it in the light-hearted part of the show, so we might go heavy light, heavy light or something. I don't know. It's up to you. Um, I'm going to give you ask you to give me a number between 1 and, oh, one and 70, 
and you're going to give me three numbers, and then I'm just going to randomly open that page and then throw that out there to the punters oh, to say... Bit of a have, lucky have dip. A, a bit of a lucky dip for your right brain. A right? lucky dip. So we'll, we'll have a crack about that. So what else have you got, old son? Well, i got uh, I got uh, a team full of redheads, and Ooh. I've got uh, a bit on the redskins. Are they the Ranger Rangers? Yeah, the Ranger Rangers. <laughs> I've got a bit on the redskins. I get Love a bet it. on our couple of our favourite people. Megan yeah. has oh, given us a bit more gold. Hasn't she? The Mexit girl. Yep. Um, a bit on Vladimir Putin. Oh, Putin. Yes. yes. I know we've been having a crack at the Rocket Man and Trumpy. Yeah. I just want to turn my attention to... Vladimir Putin. Has he got his shirt on today? Yeah, but he's, uh, he's, been, he's, up to, he's been up to some shenanigans. Oh, has he? Oh, yeah. Oh. Want to have a bit of chat about Eddie. Uh, Eddie's uh, had the karma bus yep. back yeah, over yeah, him yeah, uh, yeah. this yep. week. Um, uh, that footy camp, we're going to dissect that. No problem at all. Yep. Um, and um, I'm going to tap dance around... Jelaine Maxwell because oh. it's a very dangerous area. Hot potato, hot potato. That, that's all yours, mate. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, I read it and I mean the allegations are quite uh, uh, are unbelievable. I've just finished watching the Netflix series. Oh, have you? Yeah, and it's dangerous stuff. Is it? Anyway, I'll see how I go around that. Yeah. And I want to talk about some rich people. Oh, okay. And uh, we're doing fun facts about fire and the song theme of today is, is fire. Beautiful. And there are four million songs with fire yep. in them. Have we got Earth, Wind and Fire? I'm just going to pick my favourites. <laughs> and yet again, people will go, oh, I would have preferred uh, that song over that song. Well, And they're more than welcome to text them in that's it. on uh, 0404 000 736 yeah. if they want me to play a song Come on, just do fire. it. I mean, don't don't sit there and be an armchair expert. You know, pick up your phone, 0404 000 736, as Rutsy just said. Dial in to the two smoking guns. So we'd love some participation in terms of uh, what your thoughts are. And I'll tell you what, the best one that we find, how about this? The best one that does come in, we'll play it for them. Perfect. Is that all right? Love it. Is that all right with with you? I know I need to put a formal form into the music department being you. the music department. (laughs) To make sure that we can do that. But I just thought off the cuff that might be a nice idea. I do want to kick off today, though, with the nurse in uh, the Gold Coast University Hospital. Nurse. Who's uh, suing the hospital for $700,000 over over a toe. Oh. Her own? Her own toe. Oh. So... She alleges her foot was run over by the portable cot as she worked to save a premature baby. She's what? suing the hospital for $700,000 in damages, what? including $599 for a robotic vacuum she claims she needs as a result of her injuries. <laughs> um, so um, she's launched the massive lawsuit over the November 2018 incident, alleging that it left her with a broken toe, chronic foot pain, anxiety and depression, and reduced her enjoyment of life. Now, Scotty, oh, that's geez, a fair please. bit for a toe. I and I'm just wondering whether she thinks she's Cristiano Ronaldo oh or Sam me. Kerr from the Matildas. Does it does it have the breakdown of, of what each of those um, yes. uh, damages pieces are? Good. So yes. tell me what the toe's worth so, first. Um, so total of um, 700,000 yep. damages, as I said. Yep. Uh, 507,875, to yes. be exact, for future economic loss because <sighs> she can't get around on her toe. What? And um, 86508 for past economic loss right. and includes $17,000 for specialist pain treatment. Okay. The I hospital get, is yet to file a defence. I, um, I, I get the pain treatment piece. It's a fair bit for So if you lose your, your big... This is your big toe, right? She I, hasn't. She hasn't. She hasn't. Um, she hasn't lost it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Even if you did... She, she broke uh, it. Are we all going to fall over if we actually lose our big toe? 
No. So she can't walk? No, I can't see no. the future economic. But I'm not a lawyer. <sighs> i tell you um, what, there's only one winner in there. i tell you what, the, the lawyer. people are going mad, haven't they? Suing over anything these no, days. Anyway, sleep. thought I'd lead off with that just uh, just to get, kick off the show with a bit of perverse uh, stuff. Strike me pink. I mean, look, you know, I mean, it's a if it's happened in the workplace and it's a genuine piece, but uh, spare me seven hundred. Yeah, seven hundred. Bit really? for a toe. Hey, bit for a toe. Tell you what, I, 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 I'm happy to do the whole foot for about three point five. <laughs> Well, you're the man that extrapolates. Things. Oh, I'll extrapolate it. Seven hundred, yeah, well, what's, what's a full set of yeah, times worth? Three point five. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> correct. <laughs> seven five is a thirty-five. Every day is a school day. Yeah. Oh, very good. Love it. Yeah. Right. So, um, so that was good. All right. And then I, um, the other one I, uh, I did love, which, which, which you also found was, um. It, it, it's always a good day, Scotty, when yeah. Warwick Cap is in the paper. Oh, isn't it ever? Because he's one of the great gifts that, uh, that keep on giving. That's a fantastic. It's a fantastic piece because I think everybody loses. Everybody loses. <laughs> um, in this so it's run. not like there's a you know it's uh, one particular group of people saying that's uh, wrong and you know discriminatory and you know exposing and and making fun and light of. Um, it's a it's a whack both ways, which it's is a, what I loved. Yeah. Well, well, the article is uh, Kappa top again. So former footy high flyer, Warwick Kappa, is a winner again (laughs) with his controversial ultra-tune commercial with Baywatch beauty Pamela Anderson topping the list as the most complained about ad of 2020. Can you also make sure um, ex-meter, mermaid meter girl, please, or mermaid meter boy? Correct, and (laughs) ex-porn In data released by Ad Standards, which is the company that um, reviews these things, the advertisement, which features a bumbling kappa being rescued from the waves by the Buxom Anderson and her crew of female lifesavers, received a whopping 309 complaints. I'm surprised it was that few, to be honest. Honest. Yeah, it was the most complained about ad of the past six months. Uh, KFC ad was in second place with 187. What did they do? That's that one where the um, the the they go and see the teacher and she holds up the drawing of the mummy and daddy doing the ah the uh, push Makundi. Oh yeah, yes. okay, that's that one. Yeah. That's that one. Yeah, yeah okay. So um, uh, investigated by the community panel in February over issues of sexism, nudity, and health. And safety. I don't know what the health and safety bit was, but maybe they weren't wearing life vests. Oh, uh, if you saw the girls in the air, yeah, they probably didn't. No, they've them. Uh, they've got life vests. Yep, it was um, sexist, and it definitely is. It's uh, demeaning yep. to and objectifying of women, and insulting for to, for men as portraying them as hopeless goofs dominated by their hormones. Oh God. Anyway, but this is off the back of the fact that this used to be a TV show. Yeah, you know, and and yeah. it's not as if this has been created just for this advertisement. It's an extrapolation of a show that used to go to air, then went to air for several years. Yes. So yeah. are we now saying this show wouldn't get a run on air? So it uh, it uh, it's said by the, the an, an official quoted. It plays on the stupid man, capable woman theme, and in my opinion, it's derogatory to both. It gives the impression that only women with big busts, large backsides and scantily clad are able to rescue idiotic men from the sea. <laughs> Doesn't give me that impression. I just thought it was a stupid ad. I just thought it was a stupid ad. But, and, uh, and you know what? They were all ha- No one held a gun to their head. They were all happy to be involved in the ad. Correct. Everybody gets a, a whack. But 
you know the best thing of all? Yeah. Warwick's happy because he's in the paper again. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> he's the winner yeah. here. So here's one for you. Yeah. Do you remember not so long ago, I think there was um, Jack Elliott, John mm-hmm. Elliott. Yep. So a couple of others in there, and they were part of a campaign for a soup. And do you remember what the campaign was? No. Rich and thick. <laughs> and that was all about the soup. And they, I, I forgive me, because I, I don't recall who the others were, but I, Clive Palmer had to be there for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, Elliot, you know, Palmer, I don't know, throwing Gina Reinhardt, I don't know, I had no idea, I'm just gagging. But um, so would, uh, so could we run that ad again yeah. anytime soon, or is that? To PC and a No, it's all very days. PC these days, so you've got to be um, very careful. And we've had this chat before that uh, oh, no. if you thought that ad was pretty bad, Kingswood Country ain't getting a run anytime soon, is oh, it? Oh, no. no. No, it's not. No. Anyway, yep. we'll move on from that because it's a touchy subject for some. Maybe we should hire an area, you know, and put up a big inflatable screen and just have a night of love thy neighbours, um, <laughs> Kingswood Country. Mm. Uh, you know, and let's call it the you know, the inappropriate movie night. Yeah. And we'll I'll tell you what, Paul Hogan ten, to host it. Ten thousand people will turn up. You watch. I'll have it at the Dramana Drives. Oh, perfect. Yeah, love it. All right. Um, well, I tell you what. Uh, you know, and in term, let's keep the PC theme going. Can you um, can you uh, get get uh, dust off the vinyl for me with uh, Mr. Do, uh, Joe Dolce? This one. Giuseppe, I got something special for you. I have good, huh? Uno, two, three, quattro. When I was a boy, just about the eighth grade, Mama used to say, don't stay out the late. With the bad boys, always shoot the pool, Giuseppe going to flunk a school. What do you got about Joe, mate? Well, you've got to, you've got to play the main line. Oh, which, which one? Yeah, go on, keep going. Bit more. Gotta be shut up in your face. Boy, it's making me sick just to make the lousy bucks. Got to feel it like a fool. And the mama used to say all the time, What's the matter, you? Hey, gotta know respect. What do you think you do? Hey! Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut, shut up in your face. Hey. Righto. Oh, so go. there we go. So that's the lovely little segue into um, What's the Matter You? Right. All right. So oh, you've got your own theme song so, for a second. Oh, mate, I just thought, you know, it just came to me. I just thought the music will set it up beautifully, you know. Um, so in regards to people portraying Con the Fruiterer, yes. you know, Rula, Sola, Tula, Vola, and Agape. And Agape. Doesn't matter. A couple of days, you know. Uh, Luigi the Unbelievable. Luigi uh, the Unbelievable. Very good. About, and any of Chris Lilly's characters as offensive. I recall an encounter in WA in 1980, this mm. uh, particular... Um, this is Mal from Kahuna. Kahuna. <laughs> Great place, Kahuna. Kahuna. Uh, on, a very large, on a very long pushbike ride, I stopped at a little outback bar west of Kalgoorlie. I tell you what, that's hard work. If you're on a bike in Kalgoorlie, you're either eh? uh, very stupid or lost. I tell you what, they'd want to be big fat tyres. Um, an old Italian lady uh, had just served me the sole customer, him, uh, my pie and a stubby. That's <laughs> too. Which are all the major food <laughs> oh, groups there. And 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 then uh, when Do, uh, Joe Dolce's "Shut Up Your Face" came on the radio, rather than be offended, she turned up the volume. Declared, 
this is my favourite song. <laughs> and to my amusement, sung and danced around the bar. Brilliant. The uh, confected uh, offence that we are seeing now by those who seem to have nothing better to do in life is ridiculous. And those instigating it should be duly, uh, should duly heed Joe Dolce's message. Hey? Hello, I'm a Giuseppe. I'm I've a Giuseppe. something special for you. Ready? Uno, two, three, quattro. When I was a boy, just about the eighth grade. Right. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians, and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Hello, I'm Tommy for the Family Peace Foundation. Sadly, my mum and dad are divorced. They both tell me how much they love me, but they just don't understand. Every time we do a changeover, they're both so mean to each other. It's like they don't know or even care that I'm there. If they really do love me, why do they make changeover so horrible for me? Family Peace. Do it for your kids. Could you recognise if one of your friends or family was having a stroke? Think fast. F. Face. Check their face. Has their mouth drooped? A. Arms. Can they lift both arms? S. Speech. Is their speech slurred or confused? T. Time. Don't wait. Call Triple O now. Think fast. Act fast. A message from the National Stroke Foundation. Southern FM. The sounds of the Bayside.
Yeah, Sex on Fire, there's Scotty, the Kings of Leon, the first in many of uh, my song themes today about fire. They work out a good tune, those boys. Uh, that's, well, that's what they call in the classics a, a dance floor filler, Scotty. A dance floor filler? Yes. Ah. yes. You put that on at any party yep. and you'll get at least two people on the dance floor. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, maybe more. Uh, I was going to say, is it, is it a bit like the nut bush? It is a little bit like the nut bush or, or something sure. like, I don't know. Oh, sweet Caroline. Or, you know, or anything, crunchy granola. Crunchy sweet granola. Or, yeah, yeah, correct. You know, Paradise by the Dashboard oh, Live. 100%. All of those sort of um, songs. Anything by ACDC. Anything by Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, um, because it's been a little bit chilly this week, Scotty, I don't know Mate, if you've noticed. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm about to light a fire in here if I can't get this yeah. thing. So I thought, um, fresh, you know, and I was away the other weekend and had an open fire, and I thought thought about fire. So I've got actually some fun facts about fire. Fun facts about fire. Now you might know all these, but I just thought it was pretty interesting. All right, let me have a crack. The ancient Greeks. Yep, they actually started fire with concentrated sunlight. Uh, With glass. Yes. Yes. And did you know? And a mirror, actually, a parabolic mirror. It's a similar sort of thing. Or a magnifying glass. Correct. It's very, very similar. Yes. Um, uh, A parabolic mirror that focuses solar rays is still used to ignite the Olympic torch. Is that right? There you go. Fun fact. FF that I didn't know. Earth is the only known planet where fire can burn because there's no oxygen on any other planet. So you need three things for a fire. Yep. You need heat. Yep. You need oxygen yep. and you need fuel. What about a box of redheads? Well, that, that is the fuel component. Fire is extinguished when only one of those components is missing. Yeah. Oxygen supply influences the colour of the flame. Uh, right, okay. A low oxygen fire gives off a... Blue? Yellow glow. Oh, yellow glow. And right. a high oxygen fire uh, burns... Blue. Blue. Yeah, right. In fact, the um, the... <clears throat> The air is 21% oxygen in, with an oxyacetylene torch. You know those ones they use oh, yeah. for um, yeah, and they got the, they the got metal the, and they've got the full yeah, the Ned, guard. They've got the big Ned Kelly they mask got the Ned on. Kelly on. <laughs> so air's 21% oxygen, which combines with acetylene, and you get an oxyacetylene-wielding torch that yeah. burns at over 5,500 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. the hottest fire you can encounter. Which is why it can cut through steel. Cuts through steel, yeah. Scotty. Yeah. A candle flame, amazingly, I burn candles a lot in the house yep. just to give off yep. do you know, a yep. lovely aroma while I'm doing my yoga. Have some feng shui. Have some feng shui with it. <laughs> a candle flame typically burns at 1,000 degrees Celsius. Does it really? Yes. That'll dry the clothes. <laughs> That's why you don't leave them on when you leave the house, Scotty. Right. Yeah. And the window opens and there's oxygen. <laughs> Correct. It's a recipe for disaster. Kaboom. <laughs> Fire is faster uh. than generally thought. It takes less than 30 seconds for a fire to become difficult to control. Oh. So if you do go out and leave the candle in the air next to the... You know, yeah. you're in trouble. Just tell the candle not to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> fire moves faster uphill than downhill? Uh, yeah, well, why? Wouldn't it, it be the speed of the wind? Because the, the heat blows it up, I guess. Oh, right, okay. It creates its own right thing. Okay. <laughs> Technical term. Yep. And the lucky last fire is fire can actually make water. Fire can So make... if you put a cold spoon over a candle, try this tonight when you get home, yeah. get a cold spoon, put it over a candle, yeah. and you'll absorb water vapour condensed on the metal. 
Where that come Wax from? contains hydrogen with combines with oxygen to make water. Where, Try that when you where, get home. Where's the water come from? From the cold spoons. If you put a cold spoon from so the fridge... So it's like a condensation... Condensation turns yeah. into water vapour. So this is the same as the reverse theory that you could put water into a plastic bag on a sunny... No, you could put a stone into a plastic bag on a sunny day and it sweats. Correct. Right. It's the reverse of that. So... End of science degree. No, this Finish. is Two Smoking Guns. It's a community radio program, <laughs> and every day is a school day, and it's our duty to come up with interesting information yeah, for but, people. But the problem is I've learned something today. <laughs> no, I like that. Well, there you go. I it's like all about those. fire today. No, I like... No, I think that's a good thing to do. Because yes. sometimes you can sort of have preconceived ideas about how things work. And well, we take it for granted, yeah. fire. We see it every day. Yep, no, take that's it right. for granted. It's like somebody said to me uh, not so long ago, um, 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 a diesel engine doesn't have a spark plug. Is that right? And I didn't know that. How does it spark? I don't know. I'm going to have to go and look up the machinations. You're the motor enthusiast too. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, but well, uh, but F1s yeah. don't use diesel. And do it was they? A, a young fella who's a, a mechanic, mm. and he done very well. And uh, we were chatting away, and he just said to me, "Yeah," and then you know, they, well, they don't have a spark plug. And I've sort of looked at him like he's got three heads going. What do you mean they haven't got a spark plug? It's just diesel fuel as opposed How to. How does the fuel? Ignite. I don't know. It must be like an electric ignition or something. Right. You know, that's um, but it still must have the same type of principle of it's what still a spark. A, like, it's still a. It's still it's what still they a call combustion. a combustion engine, isn't it? Well, I, I believe so. I believe it is. Anyway, can, if there's anybody out Jesus there Christ. who can step any us smart that. people out there that know about engines, let us know. Mm, I tell you, and I've told you, I'm in the in the market. I'm trying You're to, trying to buy a car. You should be all buy. over this. Oh, sort I know. Of stuff. I should be. I should know how that works, shouldn't I? But anyway. Um, uh, we'll park. There. Oh, can I talk to you about the new gold? Oh, well, I would like you to because yeah. uh, I'm interested in. I've used um, saffron in yes. my cooking. Yes, and it is uh, a little goes a long way, but it is quite an expensive ingredient. Yeah, Scotty. Yes, well, and is this and, where uh, you're going? Well, of course, you, you know my my motivation wasn't the fact that you know I read the headline finding gold in saffron. Uh, it was when I sort of looked down and I just saw a. Um, uh, a, a measurement piece, hmm. along with a um, an estimated value. Oh, you love those! And then, so I thought, here's an extrapolation. <laughs> if ever I saw one, because um, you know I love to do my comparisons. I mean, it's a bit like um, I'll tell you what I did just before we came to the show. Yeah. I, I ducked around the corner. I bought a bottle of water. Yes. How, how much do you reckon I paid for a bottle of water? Oh, Eight dollars fifty no. these days. It's no. rarer than gold. No, but I will tell you what, I only paid a dollar. Really? Yep. But let me tell you this then. Uh, there's a big blue joint up on the highway where you can sort of buy calculators and all that sort of gear. They sell 24 bottles for about $5.80. Hmm. So that means if you extrapolate that, it's about 24 cents a bottle. So you've been grossly overcharged. So I've been grossly overcharged four times. Hmm. So next time you're at the footy hmm. and you've got to shell out $4.50 for a bottle of water... Just remember they're 24 cents somewhere else. You're better off upgrading to the $9.50 beer. You're better off just to get schlapped before you go there. It's mostly water anyway. <laughs> it just, I tell you, I mean, why would we actually go and spend even $2.50 on a bottle of water when it's 10 times what it should can cost somewhere else? Or it's free in the tap. It's free in the tap, Scotty. It always anyway, has been. Yeah, but I, I found something lately. Um, I can't show you because my bottle's outside. Have you seen these... Um, 
water infusers. No. So um, said tea company, um, beginning with tea, um, that make like in you know, breakfast tea and, Tetleys and the know, like. Yeah, something, something like that. You know, no, no names, no patrol. No names, no patrol unless there's sponsorship. Correct. Uh, you know the rules. Um, but no, they actually make these little sachets that are like herbs. Um, and you drop them in your bottle or your glass of water, and it infuses the water into a flavour. But it's all very... There's no sort of sugar or anything, I don't think, in them. Um, not 100% I'd be reading the label. Not sure about that, but... Because um, a glass of water can be pretty boring. But, I don't. Uh, I like water. Yeah, and I don't mind water. But this has got, like, passion fruit and, oh, so you know, kiwi fruit and... Just yeah, mixing it up a bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. And... It, it, it'll go for about three bottles. So you finish the bottle, just top it up again, mm. and then the infuser just keeps going. So it's use, like, use the it's tea like bag a, again. It's like a tea bag yeah. Yeah, in your water. I mean, um, how many goes out, out of a tea bag do you get? Oh, I only, I only get one. Yeah, so. Yeah, yes. yeah one, one squeeze and yeah. gone. Things that have to be grim for you to um, reuse tea bags, wouldn't they? Oh, I tell you. Man, and I can't, make, I can't make tea in a pot and then strain it through a tea strainer. I used to do that. Yeah, I did too. No, 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 I did too, but no. Nah. It's a hassle. It's, well, it's a bit like the you wine. You serve it with scones well, and jam. It's a bit jam. like wine these days. You know, 20 years ago, you'd buy some wine, put it away. <laughs> you don't put it away anymore. <laughs> it just gets you put it on the fridge. consumed. <laughs> um, anyway, I digress. Um, so I've gone back, because uh, as I say, you know, I love my extrapolation. So there's a new sort of gold, uh, and you've touched on it already. The business of saffron farming is blooming in Dunnelly. Where's Dunnelly? I don't know where Dunnelly is. How do you spell it? Is that, in, uh, is that uh, D-U-N-O-L-L-Y? And forgive me for all of our listeners in Dunnelly. Um, D- D-U-N-O-L-L-Y. It's a town in uh, Australia. Is it, is it's in it, Victoria. Is it near ba- Bacchus Marsh or Bendigo? It's near Bet Bet and Eddington. <laughs> Can you give me another one? Yeah. Uh, Anything it, I might know? It's, it's uh, let me just check here. It's... Uh, Can you give me a region? Yeah, it's Is sort it of... Macedon? You go Is out it? past uh, Castle Main and, Castle you, Main, and, you, and yeah. you head yeah. you head northwest and you... So on the way to Swan Hill or something? Yeah, you just... You're just to the left of Shepparton? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're sort of to the to the left of Bendigo. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Out near Newbridge and Tarnagulla. Righto. Uh, Eddington, Bet Bet, Bowen Vale, Cochrane's Creek, Burke's Flat. <laughs> Keep going. Not a part of the world <laughs> you're familiar with, uh, I haven't done a lot of work up there, let no. me tell you that. No, it's, um, sort of, uh, it's an interesting part of the world. All right. It's sort of between... If you if you drew a line between Bendigo and the Grampians, it's on that sort of yeah, okay. uh, on sort yep. of that line. Well, I had a feeling it was sort of right of stall and left of Bendigo. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Right, uh, geography lesson over. Uh, so this is sold to professionals uh, and passionate home cooks. Would you describe yourself as a passionate home cook? Population eight hundred ninety three. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Wagner down from nine nine hundred and sixty nine in two thousand six. Oh. So people have left. Yeah. The footy teams left. No, they died. <laughs> <laughs> it's got um, one three star hotel. Right. So this is a little place uh, run by a former chef, uh, Rosie Pamick, and her partner Drew, uh, and they run the Squirrel Gully <laughs> Saffron Squirrel uh, Gully that goes from strength to strength. Uh, the plants have grown ab- uh, above the ground in tubs from bulbs. And the delicate saffron threads, uh, threads harvested 
carefully by hand and then dried. Because mm, the, uh, the, the saffron is actually the, the, uh, the stigma in the middle of the flower. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's yeah, very small. and yes. So with just one harvest per year, so you've got to make sure you get it right, in autumn the crop does not deliver large yields, but the spice is the world's most expensive by weight. Wow. Now, yes, it would be. So can you, uh, I'll just throw this at you then. So, um, so up to 60 saffron flowers mm. are required to produce one tablespoon of spice. With one gram, uh, so one a one gram jar of saffron. How much do you reckon a one gram jar of saffron would cost? Sounds a wild guess. One gram. Yep. Oh, hundred bucks. No, not quite. Um, but sixty. Sixty right? bucks. So yeah. sixty clams. Uh, so um, Professor Sumner Miller, uh, this is um, extrapolation time. <laughs> Stand by, children. Um, of course, all of I you... I take well, a glass. <clears throat> a glass of full cream milk. Um, now, of course, all of you children would know what the uh, uh, what one ounce is equivalent to in grams, of course. Um, <laughs> just, just catch me up on that. Yeah, because uh, right. uh, yeah, yeah, there was some debate, so they've changed it recently. <laughs> so one, uh, one ounce is the equivalent to 28.35 grams. That's, that's correct, right? yes. Yes. Um, and therefore, one gram of this uh, of this saffron is sixty dollars, which then extrapolates out to it being the equivalent of seventeen hundred and one dollars per ounce. Wow! Right? Uh, uh, yeah, seventeen hundred. Uh, no, sorry, seventeen hundred and one dollars per gram. Yeah, per gram. Um, no, 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 per ounce. Uh, per ounce. Seventeen hundred per ounce. Yeah. yeah. So then I've just done... Uh, what, and what's gold per ounce? Ah, now there you go. So gold is currently about thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks. So that's US per ounce. So that extrapolates out to $2,556 uh, $2, per ounce. Aussie. Aussie. So therefore, this saffron has the uh, relevant value of 66% of gold. Yeah. Wow. So she ain't cheap, no. And good stuff though. Uh, and but is it going to go north? I don't know. I mean, it would have a limited. It must be very delicate and difficult to harvest. And you only get one crack at it a year, though. Yeah. That's so right. if things go a bit awry, you um, have a bad crop. You, you, you're going to go. Um, yeah, pro- uh, we had a loss of three point four million <laughs> this year, and. How much space do you need in order that 60 of them just make up one ounce? Yeah, You're going to have to have about 100 acres. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have a look at uh, that. Hey, yeah. A little bit of saffron. So uh, there you go. Well, thank I, you very much for well, that. So there's a water, uh, a water equivalent and a saffron equivalent uh, in, into gold. That so. was Scotty's Extrapolation Hour <laughs> right. on Two Smoking Guns. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Good on you. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 95021414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM Sponsor. As part of Victoria's big build, we're removing level crossings in the southeast. 
Buses will replace trains on the Frankston and Stony Point lines between Moorabbin and Mordialic until the 26th of July. Find out if you're affected at bigbuild.vic.gov.au Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. Southern FM sponsor. The C word. Cancer. It's different in a young person's world. Luckily, Canteen is here to fill the lives of those aged 12 to 25 with better C words like connection, compassion, communication and counselling. Canteen gives young people the skills and support to face cancer, whether it's their own or a loved one's. Please visit canteen.org.au to donate and let young people know when cancer comes crashing in, Canteen can help pick up the pieces. In times like these, you can watch your favourite artists from the comfort of your living room, from their home to yours. But when it comes to the real thing, it takes an army of workers to help put a concert on. They can't work right now, but they're ready and waiting to do it all again. Until then, you can support the artists and the crew behind the scenes by donating to Support Act. Support Act, the heart and hand of Australian music. Too many people with a mental health condition see no way out. Eight people die by suicide each day in Australia. Three million are living with anxiety or depression. Beyond Blue Support Service is here to help. Your donation can help save lives. Tomorrow is 500 more 
Welcome back to the Two Smoking Guns. And that was, of course, uh, Just Like Firewood by that great Australian band, The Saints. The Saints. Scotty. Yep, correct. And speaking of Absolute. Saints, uh, if we must. We're up on the We knocked over the Tigers and we knocked over the Blues oh, on the Thursday that. night blockbuster. Yep. And guess what, mate? For as, as a reward, they're yes. sending them to Noosa for a month. I was just going to say now, it, like they're know, on holidays. We, we've got to have a chat about this now. I don't know whether you want, whether we should uh, do this now or not because we're going to talk about another footy oh, table. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get that up. in a minute. Yeah. But, yep. but uh, how, how good's that? <laughs> how good's that? You say, oh look, you know, it's freezing cold in Melbourne. It's eight degrees, so we're going to send you to Noosa. It's twenty-seven. Oh, and I tell you what, I loved was the uh, the the TV footage. And uh, you know, that, so they had to go to the. I think they had to go to the ground, and then there's some uh, a double B or something that's yes. there to pick everything and up. They had and to take their essential. That's right, all the essential services. So I saw I saw eskies going in. I saw portable barbecues, uh, surfboards, oh, yeah. and, uh, and the sticks. I, I, I think you noticed oh, that the bats. <laughs> there were about eight thousand sets of golf clubs going in. <laughs> It was unbelievable. Oh, I yeah. just it, it it looked like it was looked like an end of season trip, didn't oh, it? Mate, it was the, the footy trip we're starts off, early. We're off to Bali, or you know, it's like yeah, hey, the, boys, boys, just calm down. Oh, it's only July. The footy trip's not till later on in the year. Well, and uh, but I, what I find interesting though is that I my understanding was that in terms of these hubs, they could go there, they were allowed to leave the hub to train, and they were allowed to leave the hub to play. Hmm. So what are they going to do with the surfboard? Right in the pool? <laughs> in the, wherever they're staying? They can't go to the beach, can they? And how can they play golf? What use is a surfboard without the beach? Well, I'm just... That's my understanding, because I, I was listening to... There was dialogue on another... Uh, another commercial station yesterday that was, uh, you know, about to broadcast the football, and they were saying, you know, don't, don't t- sort of take this too lightly. Um, that you know, you get to go to Noosa, but you, you're effectively in lockdown. Mm. So why the surfboards? Is it because just a sneaky one? Is it because you don't have to be in lockdown in New South Wales? Or? Well, I thought that was the AFL precondition for them playing. Is that they're in stage three lockdown? That's oh, that's my understanding. And so, stage three lockdown. Gold, golf, golf, golf clubs are part of the angle. Well, I mean, there was a, there was the golf club just. Unless over they're the, just, they're probably just going to have a chipping competition out <laughs> in the backyard, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, with a full set of Callaways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there was the golf club just over the border here um, uh, that's basically said, "Sorry, um, if you're a New South Welshman on this side of the fence, you can play. If you're a Victorian on the other side of the road." And you're in Victoria land. Yeah. Don't come. Yeah. You're not allowed. Not allowed. Won't let you play. So I'd like to know what the, what they're going to do with their surfboards and their golf clubs if they're meant to be in lockdown. <laughs> it's like do 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 do. Watch this space. So <laughs> on football, yes, um, we've both took um, great interest in an article that was in the paper today. Yeah. So, I might just set the scene for you, Scotty, and then okay. we might just discuss some of the more bizarre things that have occurred. Over in the Adelaide Football Club. Uh, in 2017, yep. the Crows were flying. Yep. They were one win away from a premiership, beaten on grand final day by a rampant Richmond yep. side that ended their 37-year drought. Yep. They crushed the Crows by 48 points at the G. Afterwards, Adelaide's football department questioned their players' mental strength. They were told in no uncertain terms that they must improve. Then they had this camp. 
Yeah. Since the camp, <laughs> eight players of the best 22 have left. Pike and Burton have departed. Yep. External review of the football club uh, led to key personal changes. And one of the uh, the people that led that review said he found an environment that desperately required change. Very interesting. Do, so, do you think that um, Don Pike might not be there because it, he was quoted as saying, "It's fair to say that some of those sessions didn't quite hit the mark and resonate with players." <laughs> <laughs> and you'll uh, keep going because oh, we've, we've, so. we've got to we've got to pull we've got to pull this apart because we'll there's, there's a really serious side to this there too. Is. So, so what's, keep going. What's, what's happened here? So they, yep. they they took away for their camp, the, yep. their preseason camp, really fun minibus, you, you know, know, having lots of fun, playing yeah. some songs and. No golf, no. none of that sort no. of stuff. No, they no. they employed this mob. Yeah, I won't. Call, they're genius. Yeah, these guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Called Collective Mind. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Scary already. Queensland-based <laughs> consultancy group with uh, no known credentials. Great. Um, uh, uh, good. They 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 describe their methods as unorthodox. Oh, good research <laughs> done by the club. <laughs> research yep. done by the club. Yep. Good so, due um, diligence. So this is this is the, uh, the there's a guy called Eamon Wolf. Uh, of course, he is he's the head of Collective Mind. <laughs> yeah. So his genius move. This is before Christmas 2017. They yeah. gathered for a punishing session at their training ground. They'd done the hundred hundreds, you know, all that sort of stuff where they flog them. And as they ran, the Richmond theme song was blaring through the speakers in the middle of the oval, playing on repeat. Some sort of genius, you know, move to remind them of their humiliation yep. at the hands of the Tigers. Yep. Uh, so, sorry, can I go back a step? Was this camp in the end of 16 or the end of 17 after they were beaten by Richmond? It was um, It was before Christmas in 2017, before they went on their break. So they'd been beaten by Richmond in the yeah, grand final that right, year. Okay. I'll tell you what, because I'll, I'll say one thing. I remember watching the, that grand final. Hmm. I remember distinctly seeing, and I reckon he was one or two from the front, Eddie Betts, and they looked petrified coming out of the race. I want you to go and find the footage of that and tell me what you reckon. I looked at it and went, these guys... They did their famous arm thing. These guys, they looked petrified. Mm. And I've never seen it in a footy team on any game, let alone a grand final. But anyway, uh, digress, back to you. No, no. Well, this no. Is, uh, so there's Wolf, Mr. Yep, Wolf. Yep. Um, the architect of the camp. Yeah, of course he's an architect. He's self-proclaimed. He's this, is, this is what you can do. He's a self-proclaimed coach, facilitator and trainer. Yeah. Just no, like, I'm no. a self, self-proclaimed genius, uh, um, you know, and I self-proclaim that I'm six foot six, you know. Uh, well, well he, you're, um, you're, a, you're a wine expert, Wolf, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> Wolf founded Collective Mind after studying business at the University of Queensland. He does not currently appear on the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Register as a registered psychologist. And no one's heard of him. <laughs> no one's heard of him. Really good due diligence. So, so, um, so you want to take it away from the time when they climbed onto the bus in Broadbeach... And did you read the, that they were greeted by men in army fatigues? Yeah. And carrying what looked to be automatic weapons. Yeah. This is off to a great start. Yeah. So no no, no swim at the beach, this. So there's no Spice Girls playing and, you no, know. And no. <laughs> the windows were blacked out. Of course they were. And the players' unease grew as they were each blindfolded for the journey with no idea where they were being taken. Well, the windows blacked out because they were scared they'd be mooning people as they went up the freeway. (laughs) (laughs) So they were split into three groups, you know, and and there was coaches were spread through the group and all this sort of stuff. So, um, 
So the first exercise they had to do when they got to their destination, they didn't know where they were because yep. they'd been blindfolded. Yep. Was they have to have a, a staring competition. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yep. So they had to, players were told to pair up and concentrate on each other's eyes, switching from one to the other. A staring competition. Yeah, yeah, okay. Is it the what? The first to blink? Is well, that the, you know, you've got to make normally gin- the rule. You've got to make dinner for everybody else. <laughs> that's right. Suddenly, Lynch, yeah. the Crows experienced half forward, fainted. Yep. As teammates raced to his aid, he was told by one of the camp leaders to get up and return to the exercise. But his condition deteriorated and he was lying on his bed vomiting. A facilitator claimed it was simply dizziness and that he should return to the group. Um, Several teammates interjected and demanded he be given medical attention. A doctor was called. Um, Interestingly... Sasana, this is a guy called, um, what's his name, Sasana. He was a club doctor. He wasn't invited on the trip. Yep. But he, dr- he drove up. Yep. And um, uh, so he, he, he drove to the mystery location, took him back to Broad Beach, where he provided him with medical attention. Yeah. Life-saving medical yeah. attention. <laughs> yeah. Because he only had gastro, <laughs> yeah, right? Gastro. Yeah, it was only about a yeah. gastro. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good. So um, so that, that gets wor- it gets worse from here. Yeah, correct. So that night... They um they had a sharing session, what they called a sharing session. Is that singing Kumbaya? Yeah, <laughs> slightly <laughs> different, but it involved an indigenous artefact that was used as a talking stick. Oh now, God. at this point, um, you can imagine that several of the indigenous players on the Adelaide Crows player list were getting a little bit concerned about the use of indigenous artefacts. That would have gone down. That would have well. gone down super yep. well. Yep. Uh, Eddie Betts and uh, another young player, Curtly Hampton, um, you know, indicated they were offended by that. So it's all going well so far. Yep. Right? Um, now, um, it's still dark. Yeah. It's somewhere between five and six o'clock in the morning on day two. Yeah. The players are staying in teepees. Of course they are, because hotel rooms, no good. They're staying in teepees, yep. lying on the ground on, on rugs. Yeah, no, beautiful preparation. Yeah. Going swimmingly, preparation. So, swimmingly so far. So they were woken by the constant rhythm of a beating drum. Oh. One of the facilitators dressed in his army camos <laughs> was walking around the campsite beating a drum, right? Yep. After getting up, this is your favourite bit, I'll hand you in a minute, the yeah. te- Players and coaches were taken deeper into the woods where after stretching in a warm-up, they were introduced to a guy called Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Not Wolf, the other Wolf. Yeah. This is Wolfgang. Yeah, no, he's a friend of the button man. I yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. with a thousand-yard stare. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. So he's dressed in blue overalls, overalls yep. no T-shirt underneath, and tats streaming from his neck. Wolfgang was in charge of what he called... A harness activity. Sounds like he's from sort of down south in America, isn't it? Ding, 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 ding. The overalls with the dueling banjos, Wolfgang. Exactly. So, um, you want to take it away from the bit where he demonstrates how he would harness himself to a tree. Yeah, so he's in charge of a harness. Um, So, so what he explained was that a player would harness himself to a contraption that was tied to a tree, and in order to get out of the harness, the player would have to crawl on his hands and knees towards a combat knife. Knife? (laughs) Of course course it would be. Wouldn't just be a key, would it? No, No, it's got to be a combat knife. knife. It's got to be a Bowie um, knife. That Wolfgang had set on the ground about 10 metres away. 
Each player could choose two two teammates that were there for moral support, and they'd sit on a chair and go, rah, 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 good on you, mate, keep going. Uh, but the other nine um, were there to restrain him and pull him backwards and stop him getting to the knife. So let me just work this through. Footy players, one versus nine. Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's going to work. I don't think so. As the other nine players uh, pulled the player away from the knife, facilitators encouraged them to hurl abuse at him. This is good. This is good for so teamwork. This is, yeah, so this is great. You need to, right? you know, physically fight this your is, teammates and and I mean, also yell abuse at them. Well, I mean, there's your core strength in your body, and then yes. this is your mental core yes. strength, isn't it? Yes. So right? These are the people that you yep. that you go out to war with on the football yep. field yes. and and trust each other, and Spend they're most, asking them to hurl abuse at each Spend other. Spend more time with these people Brilliant. than you do your own family, and, right? So it's Brilliant. all good, going well. Uh, at first, it was relatively harmless. Mm, sure. uh, come on, mate, you're weak. You'll give up. But as the struggle uh, increased, the insults became more personal. Episodes of childhood trauma, relationships with partners, and incidents of domestic abuse were among the subjects referenced as players tried to crawl across the mud. Uh, We've now crossed the line. <laughs> okay? So this is nothing's good is going to happen from here on, surely. In some cases, the information was so sensitive, players um, hadn't even shared it with their partners. So, um, welcome to Psychology 101 basket case, um, (laughs) because that's where we're now heading. Jeff Bond, former chief psychologist at the uh, AIS, believes sporting organisations continue to be fooled by consultants who promise to deliver a mental edge. Using people's personal uh, trauma to drive them is so illogical and dangerous, it's not funny. Um, The harness activity was spread across the best part of two days. Uh, When a player was finally allowed to reach the knife, he could cut himself out. The point of the exercise, according to Wolfie and and Wolfgang, (laughs) was for players to free themselves of their deepest fears. Well, guess what, mate? They've now got some brand new ones to replace the old ones. Correct. So... Jeff Bond, who's a uh, yep. chief psychologist at the AIS, yep. he believes uh, quite rightly that sporting organisations continue to be fooled by consultants who promise to deliver yep. a mental Correct. edge. Yep. He said they take some of these models out of the military for the camps, he said. Yep. They're put through highly stressful circumstances to be mission ready in case they get captured and tortures. tortured. Yeah. There's a good reason why the military performs resilience-enhancing exercises, because it's to protect life. But this is just sport. I was going to say, so if, if the SAS, uh, if one of the SAS get captured, no one says, ball! No ball. <laughs> they just go, you're dead. <laughs> so you've actually got to learn how to get out of that situation. Uh, but last time I checked, this was football. Last time I checked, you were, you were, you were allowed to tackle someone, but you weren't allowed to harness them to a tree. I think <laughs> that's a 50-metre penalty, Scotty. Although I saw one last night, mate. You're not even allowed to now do, do the old chicken wing tackle and drag somebody to the ground. It wasn't even a chicken wing tackle. It was a damn good tackle. And the ball got dropped, and the player got the free kick. It was unbelievable. Um, so, it's, so they had it's no phones. because you've got... Yep. Um, you've got you know, it goes on. It's, it's This is the, a disaster. Um, when asked about the purpose of the blindfolds on the bus, the harness and the knife, Wolf did not respond. During periods of downtime, players were told not to speak to each other. Yep, no phones. There were also no, no, no phones. Some had pregnant partners and were granted special permission for a few minutes a day. It's like prison now. Can you imagine? 
The final day was deeply emotional for many players. When they met in the common area, many broke down and cried as they waited for the bus to go home. It's not necessarily the specifics of the camp that I think about the most. It's what it did to us. We were a team. We are a group of players in the peak of our powers. We are ready to win a premiership. But our bond with the club, with each other, everything was torn apart at that camp, a player said. So, wow. Uh, other than, um, and just so we can provide some balance, uh, Rory Sloan, though, has uh, declared that uh, I'm absolutely 100%, I, I absolutely 100% came back from the camp feeling like a better husband, a better son, and a much better teammate than when I was before I left. Mm. Rory Sloan is a fruitcake. (laughs) (laughs) Bryce Gibbs, their new recruit, admitted it was cultish in some quarters, but he said, I've been on a lot worse camps at Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) What are they used to get up to at Carlton? I mean, just go back over these these comments, Rutsy. Um, uh, um, That camp was one of the main reasons why it was so hard to enjoy footy, um, coming from Eddie Betts. Yeah. Uh, obviously the camp was a, a bit of a disaster for us. <laughs> Richard Douglas, who left in 2018. Yeah, and then the, the one I read you before, um, you know, Don Pike, it didn't quite hit the it mark. It didn't quite <laughs> hit the mark. Resonate with, resonate oh, with players. But, um, now, who was the other club? Um, I think it was Melbourne, if memory serves. Was it because of this camp that Melbourne were asked to go on one in 2018 and they, and they, boycotted, and they boycotted it. The players boycotted it. Because I reckon the word got around, and maybe I'm drawing a long bow, maybe the same group that ran the Adelaide one were going to be engaged by Melbourne to run theirs. Yes, collective mind. I was, it's just a thought <laughs> I'd throw out there because I wouldn't be going. No. If you reckon that's going to make me mentally tough... And I'm not joining the the SAS. You're not joining the SAS. Right? This is the point. I mean, I, I'll I'll die for my teammates uh, uh, colloquially, <laughs> um, but I'm going to tell you if if they reckon that's how you get the best. Of, oh, it wasn't there. Wasn't there another line? Uh, no, there there is. Um, no, there's another line which which absolutely took the cake, um, and it's actually it was on the front page of the paper. Uh, and uh, if memory serves, it said, this is a program used by many schools throughout Victoria. Schools! Schools! <laughs> Seriously. Oh. It made the comment about that this was used by schools. Some British bulldog. <sighs> so don't worry about the pandemic we've got. Just worry about any camp that uh, might be, um, that might have that as its curriculum. Well, fair to say that I think hey? that business is, that collective mind business is no longer a business. Well... I just, uh, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, parts of it, I started to read it and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll talk about the camp and it obviously didn't go well. And the more I read, I just was thinking, I mean, it didn't even talk about what they ate. (laughs) Even, uh, (laughs) because they probably didn't. It was was an episode of, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of the jungle. you know, that worries me about uh, some of those things. But anyway, there we go. Um, crazy people doing crazy things, that's Scotty. The, but you know, I mean, that's why every child should you know, drive and stride to be an AFL footballer <laughs> to go on a camp like that. <laughs> See you, mum. See you, mum. I'm up on the footy camp. I'm up on the footy camp. Anyway, yeah. what have you got? Well, I'm just staying on a footy theme. Yes, and um, this, this is a this is a karma bus article. Uh, about the, the great Eddie, oh, I love hearing about a karma bus. Yeah, this is you a know karma when it just comes. You know, it's been a while since it's been round, yeah. but you know, boom. Boom. <laughs> well, back back up this bus, Scotty. 
So, um, oh, pre-season, yes. you know, April 29, footy classified. It's a silly show on Monday night. Yeah. Eddie Maguire, he's a member of the league's coronavirus war cabinet. Yes, he's on the war cabinet. <laughs> on the war cabinet. Yeah, that's right. He pushed for more severe player sanctions. The same day, three Fremantle players were caught attending a small house party during the 82-day yeah, shutdown. That's, that's fair. You should go hard at them. And he declared... The next AFL player caught breaching the AFL's COVID-19 protocols should be fined $100,000 and suspended for the season. Well, he'd, he'd stand by that for sure. I mean, that's his, his suggestion. The Karma bus has just backed over a gentleman called Steel Sidebottom through uh, the week. He had a boozy weekend last week. Uh, he, uh, he and a mate, um, he was given... Well, I'll tell you what he did. He'd been picked up by the police drunk and half-naked on the streets of Williamstown at 7.30am last Sunday after he and a mate had gone to another bloke's place and got on the beers all night. What's the definition of um, undressed? Did Um, he have any clothes on? Half-naked. What does that mean? not sure which half. The top half or the bottom half? Don't want to know, to be honest. Way too much information, potentially. Cops drove him home. Cops drove him home. Didn't take him to jail. Drove him home. Yeah. So, um... So Eddie, so that's happened last week, and um, so um, so Eddie's suggestion that he was the, given a four-week ban oh, by four, the club, four, not not for the rest of the season, not one hundred thousand dollar fine and banned for the rest of the season, oh. as his president was oh. alluding should have happened just some weeks prior. Oh, sorry, yeah, because still so. Oh, that's right. Because there's a still play. No, still plays for Collingwood, that's doesn't right, he? He does. Oh, he does. Oh well, that's different. That's different. Yeah. There's a rule for Collingwood. Yeah, and there's a rule. Yeah, for because other if you're a part of the war chest, yeah. you have the right. You reserve the right to change the rule. Is the, that how that the works? The League Integrity Unit found the Magpies' vice captain, vice captain, good role model. Yeah, good. Had broken three of its coronavirus protocols by staying longer than he should have yeah. at teammate Jeremy Howe's house on the Saturday yeah. until seven thirty a.m. Travelling in an Uber, visiting the home of Daniel Wells, who is not part of the um, the club's COVID compliant bubble, um, Collingwood, which made no mention of police in this, savaged the league's ban as excessive and inconsistent with recent <laughs> protocol breaches and contestable, but said it would accept the verdict for the greater good of the game. So, uh, so uh, are there potentially two buses here? Uh, is there the uh, karma bus um, and it's mate the hypocrisy bus? <laughs> yes, that's right. Because in one day you can say, and in fact, uh, he's not the second player, he's the third. Don't, don't forget about old mate at Doggies. That, uh, yeah, Lockie Hunter. That, yeah, that uh, smashed into his girlfriend's parents' car. <laughs> yes. and then he picked he, the wrong uh, car to smash Oh, he had, a, he had a good go. Um, so he's, had a, he's had a shocker. So anyway, clearly um, the next player, uh, provided maybe not in wearing black and white That's colours right. potentially. He'll, um, be, he'll be the so hung, in, hung drawn and caught. Yeah, no, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be made an example of. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the hypocrisy. Oh, yeah, can I share? Um, can I share one back with you? Um, it, given that we've really all got nothing to do lately, you know, it's it, the world's just be quiet, and you know, so um, clearly it was time to um, to upgrade the logo. And if you remember, we spoke the other week about the number of companies applying to use the um, Australia-made logo. And if you're familiar with said logo, it's a green triangle with a the sort of the outline, you know, three line outline of a of a yellow kangaroo. 
So yes. pretty yes. straightforward. Yeah. But um, and let and let me sort of go right to the end. Uh, research has shown that the kangaroo logo was recognised by ninety nine percent of respondents in a survey. So uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because uh, that would say to me, it's ain't broke. It's just a symbol, and it's done its job and continues to do its job. Would have thought so. Yeah. So, but anyway, so what do you do when it's not broken, doing its job, going beautifully? Um, they've had a, a thousand percent increase in those people wanting to be able to use it and qualify for their business. What do you do? Yeah, go and change yeah, it. Yeah, go and change it, don't you? <laughs> and you spend millions of the taxpayers so, on doing it. Now you look as though you've got this floral um, uh, circular looking thing. Let me just share the, the dialogue with you. Reviews of the government's new wattle-themed national brand logo uh, are in, and they are not good. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Cato, who created the Australian-made kangaroo logo in the 1980s, said the new national brand had serious shortcomings. Serious shortcomings. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's lovely when they're, yeah. they're not good, they're not good. and there are serious shortcomings. <laughs> uh, I love the idea that Australia might be represented by something more sophisticated than a kangaroo, but it's got to be recognisable. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cato said, I love the vibrancy of the wattle, but in terms of the recognition, it's a long way back. <laughs> He's got some beautiful terms that are being used here. I mean, they really have this. Can you thing. give me that one again? Oh, oh, yeah, I, enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, I love the vibrancy of the wattle, but in terms of recognition, it's, it's a, a long, long way back. <laughs> I mean, does it a long way back just, but isn't it such a beautiful saying that you can actually use it in so many ways? Oh, you you know, I mean, we could be at a nice long lunch and you go, Oh, mate's a long way back. It's a long way <laughs> back. So uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to refer to a, a race or anything. It's a, it's a bit like uh, you know we're 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 in uh, applied maths, yeah. and you know we're sitting there and we're going all right, and you look across and oh, mate's got his he- head in his hands and. He's a long, He's way, a long back. way back. He's a long way back, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, no, that was beautiful. Mr. Cato w- said w- that... Warwick Capper and the quality of his advertisement. Mate, there, yeah, He's yeah, a long way back. I, I think I almost... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, think the, I think the people that wrote that article are a long, oh, long way, way back. back. <laughs> the rest of us just take it for what it is. Uh, lo- I, I should actually frame this for you because this is right up your... Uh, th- this presses all your uh, literary literary buttons. Well, he's he's off to a blind. Whoever's oh. written this piece. So um, let me let me just share this next piece with you. You'll get the um, Walkley Award. So so you're talking about the new symbol. Uh, Mr. Cato said the um, the design's topography, oh, right? Good, good use of the uh, word. And gold colour would make it difficult to use. <laughs> so you've got one that a hasn't quite got the mark. It's a long way back, to use. and now it's hard to use. Yeah. While um, and of course, uh, what I haven't, uh, what they haven't described until now, of which I need to add to this. So you've got this gold leaf, circular gold leaf, but inside it, um, there are the letters A U. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that could denote Australia or Austria. It could. <laughs> <laughs> So, take your pick. Um, <laughs> if you've got some bratwurst, we can give you the logo. Uh, if you've got some old mate, you know. Uh, made oh, by seriously. Arnie. So, the new brand designed by a very well-known advertising <laughs> no. agency, right? I'm not going to no name names. them. No, no. Uh, 
um, was chosen by a 12-member committee of the Australian industry heavyweights, including Twiggy, yeah. Forrest, and Alan Joyce. Wow. Anyway, um, they've made the decision. The total value of the creative contract was $3.3 million. Compared to that, Scotty, we're a long way back. We're a long way back. Three point three over three years, part of a no, sorry, part of a ten point one million dollar in project funding allocated between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty one. Three point three per year. Oh, nice. So ten point one over. Nice kanga. Yeah. Um, you have to pay to use the Australia-made logo, but uh, with it comes regulatory conditions. Uh, inquiries about using the Australia-made logo had boomed since the coronavirus uh, outbreak, going from an average of 66 per month to 330 in May alone. Wow. Um, sorry, 300 in May alone. Uh, and as I said before... Um, Research carried in December uh, 2019 found that the kangaroo's logo was recognised by 99% of respondents and was highly trusted. So it ain't broke, don't fix it, going well, numbers going north, and then we come up with a thing that's confused between us and another country, it's unrecognisable, it's unusable, and it's a long way back. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. All right. Well, we might no, play a little that. song while we just pick ourselves up from that. Oh, it, this it, one's a long way back in my list of songs about fire, but it's a beauty. Bring it on.
Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. My name's Carol and I'm a survivor. Why did I decide to join a radiotherapy clinical trial through Trog Cancer Research? Because I want to be here for my family. Because I want better treatments for all of us. Because cancer research saves lives. Please support Trog Cancer Research today. Visit trog.com.au slash donate. Because together we can find the answer. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. We're two of the 50 million scouts around the world. We hike, camp, sail, canoe and climb. It's awesome. Outdoors is our playground and where we learn. From the age of five, we learn to care for ourselves and for others. And together, we develop new skills while we have fun. Scouts is less screen time and more reality. It's about making friends for life. Scouts prepares you for life's adventures. Check out your local scout group at joinscouts.com.au. Hi, I'm Pauline O'Brien, the presenter of In the Middle of an Island. Come and join me on WizFizz Island on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon, where I just play the music that I'd love to listen to, whilst I'm just laying back in the hammock with the remote control and a lovely strawberry daiquiri. In the Middle of an Island, on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon. Plenty time to do some kissing, plenty time for lots of loving. From Paran to Parkdale, you're listening to Southern FM. And you're welcome back to Tea Smoking Guns. <laughs> and uh, before, in the middle of the island, drinking a strawberry daiquiri, Scotty, we heard from um, the great cult, the cult the with cult. Firewoman. Oh. Okay. One of the greatest songs you'll All hear. Right. And a great band, The Cult. Oh, yeah. I'm not, uh, not overly familiar with no, them. No, they're very good, so. Scotty. Are they? You want to get into those guys. All right. Very, very good. So it's another in my <laughs> list of fire songs. So. In your eclectic collection. Now, did you know, did you know, Scotty, <laughs> did, did you that, know um, the, there are, there, there's a list here of 20 of the happiest countries? The happiest countries? And uh, if you think happiness is tied to sunny skies and warm weather, think again. Oh, is, is there a, is there a, a, an international happy day that we we'll, can add to, no, our we'll add to our calendar? We shall. <laughs> the countries um, ranked the most happy yes. also tend to be some of the coldest. Yeah, I reckon. So um, number one yeah. in terms of the happiest country in the world is Finland. I was going to say Sweden, but yeah, Finland there you go. in summer. Yep. Gets to 13 degrees. Bam! In winter, Terribly. negative 30. Jeez, what do you so I don't do? know what they're happy about. What do you do? Second, number two yeah. is Denmark. Yeah. Then Switzerland. Gee, then mate. Iceland. Yeah. Then Norway. Yeah. Top five are all cold countries. Yeah, they're all yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> then we get into yeah. Netherlands. Sweden. Bloody hell. New Zealand. Yeah. Austria. Yeah. Luxembourg, yeah. Canada, 
Yeah. Australia pipes in at number 12, but oh. we're not. I reckon this list was done pre COVID because we're not that happy at the moment. Is it uh, is Russia there? In the UK. I bet you they're not too happy at the moment. <laughs> Israel, Costa Rica, Ireland, Germany, US at 18. Not so happy anymore. Oh. <laughs> the Czech Republic and Belgium. Can, so there you go. Can you tell me. Uh, oh, so. so that you've just read the 20? The top 20 happy, right. happiest countries. So the ones you haven't read. They're not so right. happy. <laughs> so there's no Barcelona? No Spain. No, no Spain. No, no uh, what about Colombia? No Colombia. Colombia. <laughs> no Brazil. No Mexico. No. Uh, no Cisco. No, was New Zealand on there? No, yeah, but have us. Oh, was it? Yeah. They, uh, where were they? They're number eight. Oh, number eight, New Zealand. They're happy. Yeah, they're happy with Jacinda. Are they? Jacinda. What about India? Like Kimba. Is India on there? No. Pakistan? No. Iran? No. Iraq? No. No. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> They've got some... didn't make the list, which hey, surprised uh, me. The one that surprised me, the two that surprised me, yeah. Italy. Oh, yeah. Italia, pretty yeah. happy place. And France. Yeah. And what about what about Singapore? No. And Hong Kong, no. Hong, no. Hong Kong, they're not so happy in Hong Kong. No. So there you go. No. Anyway. Now, speaking of countries that didn't make the list, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> this can only spell one thing. <laughs> it's a story of a guy called Vlad. <laughs> What's he done What's now? he done now? Well, Vlad, or for those of, um, Vlad. to give him his official Vlad. title, President Vladimir Putin. Mr. Putin to you. <laughs> Putin, Putin uh, for those who want a bit of backstory on this, he came to office uh, as a relative unknown following the resignation of Boris Yeltsin in 1999, Boris, if you recall yeah, Boris he used, to have, used to have a map on his head. No, it was Gorbachev. <laughs> oh, that's Gorbachev. No, that was oh, Boris yeah, Yeltsin. Right. Boris Yeltsin. Oh, yeah, no, Boris was... Um, he was the snowy-haired fellow. He was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, he used to do the funny dances and yeah, get drunk because, a lot. Yeah, because he had vodka at seven, most seven, 7 o'clock in the morning. Describes most he spent 10 years on, on the juice. He did. He was a big on the Oh, I loved it. Yeah, that's right. He was trying to dance, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. used to try and dance. Yeah, around. that's too funny. So, um, so he consolidated his power. Uh, he served as president from 1999 until 2008. Gee, right? Because they're allowed two consecutive terms of four years yep. in Russia. Yep. Um. That's when the two-term limit kicked in. So then what he did is he appointed himself Prime Minister, not President. Yes. Right? Um, it's a less influential position, Prime Minister. But he served four years there. And then he popped back to the Kremlin in 2012. Um, and then... Oh, sorry. So, yeah. So he was in 2008. Then he served as Prime Minister. And then he got re-elected President in 2000 and, you know, um, 2012. Yeah. So, um, so what he's done... He's decided that uh, he'd remove the rule banning presidents from serving more than two consecutive terms. Yes. Um, so, in fact, he can stay in perpetuity. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, what he what he did in a cunning tactic? Yeah. He remo- removing the presidential term limit was wrapped in up wrapped up in more than two hundred other constitutional changes. <laughs> including a vow to protect the historic truths of the Great Patriotic War, with voters only permitted to approve or reject the package as a whole, taking a stand against an extended Putin reign would have required voting against recognising Russia's proudest military achievements. See what he's done there? Oh, yeah. He's just a genius. It's it's the wedge you can't remove. He's a cunning, devious genius. The wedge you can't remove. 
So, um, Kremlin spokesman, this is a reliable source, yeah. Dmitry Peskov, <laughs> hailed the outcome as a triumphant referendum, referendum on confidence in President Putin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when the president himself changes the rules so he can keep serving. <laughs> Correct. Now, can I also have a stab? Putin's popularity has nosedived since the corona pandemic. Russia's formal death toll stands at 10,000. Um, more cases per capita than any other country. In a period of economic stagnation, a lot of Russians have seen their standard of living decline. But what else is there? There's no um, organised opposition because he jails most of them. Oh, that's cold. And there's a preference for order over the unknown. But um, there's a school of thought in Europe and the United States that the problem with Russia is Vladimir Putin. And if somebody else came to power, we would all just get along and do everything. But that's a terrible misreading of Russian history, says this gentleman. Um, there's also a realisation that he is the reality and world leaders will have to continue to deal with Putin and his team for a long time to come. Uh, he's in power, conceivably, feasibly, until 2036. You're <laughs> no. My goodness. <laughs> They're stuck with him. Wow. But they don't have to like him. So he's just decided, I'll be president for life. <laughs> in, in, in the same manner as our Chinese friend. Our president in China's done the same. Do you thing. think that, uh, given that that was wrapped up in uh, 199 other bills that needed to be passed as a collective, do you think that that was probably passed at about 4 a.m. and they handed vodka around at about sort of 6 p.m. the night before and With just Boris sing, the dancing bear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. So I thought that's a bit of an interesting story about our mate Vlad. Our mate Vlad, it just changes the rules. Well, uh, whilst uh, we're still over that sort of side of the world mm. in Northern Hemisphere as opposed to Southern. Um, the uh, the Markle Sparkle debacle, uh, the bus rolls on. Good on, yeah. good old Meg. So uh, she's, uh, well, I'll tell you what, it's not necessarily, um, it's not sort of all about what she's doing, but uh, in one of the papers there's a, a scribe and she's had a red hot well, this go. Is a, this is our friend Sophie. This she's is our very friend good. Sophie, she's who uh, we like a lot and yeah. uh, like her style. Um, and uh, so she uh, she gets all of her ducks in a row and uh, she's about to launch um, in the said way. Uh, just when you think Megan Markle could not get any worse, she does. Mm. <laughs> Uh, the poor queen at 94 years of age has had to endure constant heartaches by her nightmare daughter-in-law, and it's far from over. It's far from over. <laughs> it's far from over. Uh, the self-entitled brat. <laughs> so she just... She doesn't miss. Straight up, yeah, she goes straight for the jugular. Self-entitled brat has been making headlines again for her high court battle against the British Mail on Sunday uh, newspaper. Uh, she's suing them for the misuse of private information breach of data protection, copyright infringement, after they reproduced part of a letter she sent to her father, Thomas uh, Markle, with no sparkle, in 2018. Uh, the legal document, uh, there's plenty of personal and grubby details of the family rift between Megan and her father. Mr Markle disputes claims that she blocked phone calls uh, from her father after he failed to show up to her Windsor Castle wedding because he was suffering from heart issues, or that uh, she had changed her phone number. <laughs> oh, it, goes, it just gets better. Uh, she claims she made multiple calls and sent him mini texts 
to which he simply ghosted her. Ghosted. <laughs> ghosted her. The 38-year-old American-born actor also claims her lavish royal wedding in 2018 to her handbag husband. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens to be royal, oh, yeah. but he's the handbag he's husband the handbag now. Guy. Yeah, because he's got no title anymore. No. He's just a nuffy. No. Um, the former Prince Harry was not solely paid for by the British taxpayer. Stand by. Stand by. Seriously. I think it might, a little bit of, oh, little bit of it might have been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Documents from Markle's lawyers showed that the lavish wedding's um, heaving... Have a guess, please, how much the wedding cost. I didn't know. I did recall this. It was... Oh, it's in the it's in the several millions. It's like thirty million or something. Yeah, fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven big clams. Fifty seven million. Now she's unhappy because of the fifty seven million, uh, only fifty four of it was paid by the taxpayer. Uh, where did the other three? Yeah, come from? came out of their pocket apparently. Oh, so poor uh, people. Yeah, I know. But uh, but anyway, every, all the others have stumped up. Uh, everybody else's tax. Is that flying Oprah over for oh, it? I mean, seriously. 50 more it was paid for by the taxpayer. Uh, this covered the cost of security, crowd control and restriction measures, and the rest was paid for by them. Wow. So there you go. Um, now wait for it. <laughs> this self-obsessed family wrecker. <laughs> She's had another go. She's good. Oh, this family-obsessed, uh, this obsessed family wrecker now claims this amount of money was a fantastic return on investment for the British taxpayer because uh, they raked in more than $1.8 billion in tourism revenue for the UK. Good on So it. she's now going, well... For, for one year the... until they gave up the oh, ghost. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, there's no denying thousands of Americans uh, flew to Windsor to watch the star-studded event and London reaped in tourism dollars. But seriously... Does she need to go down this path to prove what she is really worth? <laughs> uh, you see, Miss Markle certainly doesn't like the public perception that she and Harry were sponging off the British taxpayer and she stopped uh, at nothing to prove this wrong. Mm. So, uh, Miss Markle, really it's time to let it go. Dragging this through the courts will do you more harm than good. Let it go, Megan. Please and move on. <laughs> move on. Jog on, Megan. Oh, so anyway, uh, Sophie. Uh, Sophie's had a right yes. royal, a right royal go. <laughs> I like her work. I like her royal work. Yeah, she's she we should, has a good crack. We should try and find Sophie, shouldn't we? I mean, Sophie, I think would be great for us to interview she and would be uh, good. get her. I'd you like mean, to know her her feelings and sentiments about the royal family. Yeah, I'd, I'd like her to be a little less subtle about them and just really oh, give us oh, the truth of what she truly thinks. No, I wanted to go. I, I wanted to sort of go hard one day <laughs> <laughs> no well, she's great well, I, was, I was gonna go with the other prince andrew um, oh hang on and this is this is um yes this has got that's um, the gavel rutsy this is that's the gavel <laughs> yeah Careful. So this is Sir Barrington Tufton. Yeah. yeah. We're allegedly broadcast well, I, from somewhere in the basement. What I think I'm going to do... How are you going to dance around this? ...is not talk about it, but I, I will, oh, I will go say... Go on, have a go. Well, no, I will have a go. Have a go. So I, 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 have, looked at the, <laughs> I have looked at the documentary on Jeffrey Epstein on the um, yeah. streaming service. Yeah, that I, not I haven't. I and haven't. It's, uh, yeah. it's uh, deeply disturbing. Yeah. Um, 
documentary. Is there alignment between what's been alleged and what's in the... Huge alignment. Yeah. Yes, right. it's actually quite deeply disturbing. So watch yeah. it. Watch it. It's not a happy story, put it that way. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of young women who have been nothing, impacted by there's it. Nothing there's nothing good, nothing good about the story. Nothing good about the story. But Jelaine Maxwell is a fascinating creature. She was the, the daughter of Robert Maxwell, who um, oh. famously threw himself off the back of the boat. He was the, the yeah, newspaper... The, the um, Baron. Baron. Yes, he was. And who jumped off the, the boat um, because he had owed a lot of money to the um, Her Majesty's Revenue, Customs, ah. Revenue and Excise. Right. The so I- anyway, IRS. <laughs> mm, so she fled to America and hooked up with um, Jeffrey, and uh, she's, she's portrayed as having a role in procurement <laughs> of yeah. women. Right. Uh, and, of course, Prince Andrew's been swept up in this because there's photos of him that you've no doubt seen with his yep. arm around young yep. ladies at uh, yep. at, uh, at, Max, at um, Epstein's house. Yes. Anyway, um, this is according to someone in the paper, who I won't dob in. But, uh, according, to, according to one of her close friends, Jelaine Max would never sell out Prince Andrew to the FBI as it was claimed she had an affair with the Duke of York. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> Not only now. <laughs> he, income? Is he... Potentially up to Creek because yeah. of the Epstein thing, but now there's claims he's having affairs with this girl. Well, I tell you what, if, so, she, if she's looking at uh, 35 to life, uh, I'm tipping she'll throw him under the bus. So the scandal surrounding Maxwell, um, Prince Andrew and Epstein deepened after a photograph of Maxwell sitting on the Queen's throne at Buckingham Palace was unearthed. Fortunately, she was fully clothed. Um, <laughs> she's sitting alongside actor Kevin Spacey, who's another oh, guy that's gone down in flames. Yeah. They were on a, on a palace tour that the Prince, Prince Andrew had organised for, for them and also former US President Bill Clinton. And, and let me tell you, he's... He's tap dancing all the way too because he says I was never on that island and there's people that oh, yeah, recognise him being there. He's in the he's in the manifest of the now, aviation. Now just just to get uh, so it, this is a story that he's not going to go away, Scotty. Can I just ask? Was Spacey found not guilty though? Oh, the this, Spacey has nothing to do with the Epstein no, piece. yeah, but I, he's in a bit of trouble on another matter. Yeah, okay, right allegedly. Right. Yeah, okay. So all I'm going to say. Is this is a watch this space, but this could be oh, a lot of fodder for this program for many months to come. This, the, the, this to me would be uh, if Carl Williams was still alive, uh, we would be living in interesting times. I would have <laughs> thought, in terms of uh, some of the people that are yes, out and about. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, so, is she in custody? She's assisting police with their inquiries. With their inquiries. Mm. But she has three passports, allegedly. Yes. And, and she lots was, of people she around was the dis- world. discovered hiding in plain sight. So it, it, uh, <clears throat> it, uh, it must mean the authorities may have some credible evidence against yeah. her. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Take a break. And on the other side of the break, yeah. I want to talk about rich people. Good. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. 
Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install blockout blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 95021414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Jim's collapsed. Someone call an ambulance. Is it his heart? Does he have a pacemaker? I don't know. He's still unconscious. What do we do? When seconds count in an emergency, what happens next is up to you. If you're a Medic Alert member, your internationally recognised medical ID helps emergency services identify your medical conditions and allergies so you can control what happens next. It's up to you to stay protected. Join Medic Alert today. Visit mymedicalert.org.au. From Mordialic to Malvern, you're listening to Southern FM.
There we go, Scotty. A bit of cure for you there the on a cure, Sunday you know. afternoon. I thought there was something familiar about those uh, tunes. F A R E A N C A R. Yeah, great song. Firing Cairo by The Cure there. Another in my theme of this week, which is fire songs, which could go into a week too. There are that many songs right. that uh, that I could have played that I can't fit into. I mean, I would have loved to have played that one, for example. Oh, come on, baby, what, baby. You know. Which is a classic song. Yeah. There's there's a there's another great one. I what was, about uh, what? Who's there's, the, there's this one too, which which I would have loved to have played. Put would have loved to have played. What that about uh, what? Who's the female singer, the um, uh, Native American that sang um, Fire? Oh. Uh, yeah. What's her name? I can't think of her name now. There you go. I can't um, remember the, that. that, that uh, oh, you'll know it. Uh, <laughs> you'll know it for sure. Uh, I just can't think of her name off the top of my head. But, yeah, um, and we could have played this because, you know, it's got a... Is it Boney? Is this Boney M? No, that's Earth, Wind, oh, and Fire. Oh, that's Earth, Wind, Fire. Right, there you go. There's a number of songs I could have played. Well, there you go. And the one that I'm not going to have time to play today, but I would have loved to have played this song because I heard it. Um, on a film I was watching the other day, or a series I'm watching on the streaming service. But this oh. is a great song. Remember, familiar with this one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, just give me a chance. As soon as it starts, I've got the I've got the tune. Yeah. I'm trying to get the words right. Great song. Riff there yeah, too, yeah, right, yeah. hey? Yeah. You can climb a mountain, you can swim the sea, you can jump into the fire, but you never need. Yeah, Harry yeah. Nielsen, jump into the fire. Oh, yeah, good It's a good song, song, but it goes for seven minutes. Oh, does it? Oh. But uh, we'll play that one day. Yeah, all because right. Because it's, uh, it's full of those little riffs. And yeah, that little riff there at the funky start. little beats and stuff. It's yeah, fantastic. No, I like that. Well, can I talk to you about another fire? Yeah, please. Yeah. There, there's a fire in the security industry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's getting bigger. Um, and there's more petrol being poured on it by the minute. Well, you are a, um, you are a very uh, well, an aficionado of well, this I've, industry. Well, I've, I've, uh, I've had some exposure, um, it's fair to say. Uh, so this is all about the uh, security guards that were posted at nine hotels in order to keep law and order and yes. keep people in. And, and familiar with their work. You know, familiar or with lack their, of, you know, or, or well, lack thereof. Well, you, well, this is now just coming out now. Um, so the article uh, goes on to say, it found security guards were lowly paid, regularly lacked English language skills, and are often uh, so poorly trained they did not perform the basic functions of their job. Um, so the government's just been through a review uh, that covers the industry and 33,000 licensed security guards. Uh, it was released last week, days after the guards were cited as the likely source behind outbreaks from these hotels, uh, one in particular. Uh, but the coronavirus infections uh, starting in those hotels among guards and their contacts have been identified by Mr Andrews as central to the wider outbreak now spreading across Melbourne. Mm. So that's a fairly straight and pointed finger at one particular source, I would have thought, whereas they've been sort of 
bubbling along in the last week with numbers getting worse and worse and not really understanding where from. Now, uh, that's come seriously under the microscope. The review's release uh, came as it emerged that the state government had selected a New South Wales firm, who I'm familiar with, um, uh, who's not on its list of preferred security uh, companies to run security at nine of the hotels. Mm. Now, part of procurement process with anything in, in relation to government, um, you must actually be part of a, an existing pre-qualified uh, panel yes. of which they then choose from. Yes. Off script. Off script. He's gone, not, he's gone off the reservation. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not on the list. He's gone off piece. Uh, I don't want to read the name of the organisation. It's in the paper if you want to read it. Um, but this particular crowd subcontracted um, work because clearly they didn't have enough staff under their own guise in order to fulfil the commitment. It's good, really good governance going on Yeah, here. it's going really well. Uh, procurement is just spot on here. Um, so they subcontracted work there to at least one smaller firm after being contracted. Um, security guards at um, uh, these two hotels were one of the two quarantine ho- uh, hotel outbreaks uh, is where they occurred. 2018 election, the government promised to review the laws covering an industry beset by transient casual labour and guards with deficient skills. It is the first review of the sector in a decade. The Department of Justice and Community uh, Safety circulated the paper, which details the concerns of employers, employees, industry bodies and unions, and notes there is a consensus that standards should be higher. You think so? Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, they can't be lower. Oh, Um, The industry is characterised by a workforce that is highly casualised, relatively low-paid and transient, the paper found. It is said on-the-job training seldom occurred because most employers were not willing to invest in casual or transient staff. Workers were often expected to complete training on their own time, while language barriers were uh, so bad that in many cases students may not be able to understand the training material delivered. So it's going well so far. Can't be um, the report also um, delved into sham contracting. Uh, What's which, a sham contract? Well, Fake this one? is where an uh, employer illegally pretends um, uh, an employee is of a private contract, or so the worker is responsible for their own paying conditions. So it's basically instead of directly employing a staff member, they're actually employed on an ABN. Right. Uh, which means they uh, mostly... Don't have to pay them super Well, they don't have to pay them anything other than their hourly rate. And then, of course, as an ABN uh, individual, which is actually a company, not the individual, um, they're meant to then obviously remit um, GST, which uh, the state misses billions of dollars in revenue because it just doesn't happen. Um, in the security industry, it means that the employee may no longer receive employment entitlements such as overtime, penalty rates and leave, um, of which they all completely understand. Um, and then there's a little bit of cash that you know, sort of rolls around in that part of the world as well. So many guys in the industry, it is found, were also asked to work as independent contractors or paid in cash, cash in hand rather than electronically. So... Um, that might just uh, potentially blow the whistle. I've got to be very careful here. Um, that might have w- much wider ramifications uh, outside of just providing to hotels, is what I'll leave you with. 
Yes, you've tap danced around that a fair bit, yep. Scotty. Yes. So I'll leave it yeah, there. Yeah, well, uh, but uh, it might just be watch this space. But you did, um, you did talk about sources uh, in that article, and uh, it reminded me of this article that I hadn't <laughs> shared with you, which because source, of course, along with Bluey and Ranger and Carrot Top and Ginger oh. are all names for red-headed people. Yes, they are. And uh, I came across this article because there's a champion new young player, Matt Rowell, who's playing for the Gold Coast Suns. Unfortunately, got injured yesterday. Yeah, he did too. Yeah, I was going to say. he was leading the Brownlow, 18 in his first um, first season. What? And he's a, a Ranger, as they would call. Right. And, big, big, big boy. And he's big unit. And a good footballer. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bit, got a bit of the Harry High pants about him. Oh, is he? He wears them high. Oh. But that's okay, because he's a star. A bit Harry, Harry Maddenish. Very Harry Maddenish. And, and he tucks the jumper in. Too. Oh, does he? Yeah, Not he allowed does, to, does, eh? Does the tuck in. Does yeah, he? Yeah. Are the socks up all the time, too? Socks are up all the time. And clean boots. And clean boots. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a short back and sides. Oh, my He's an old-fashioned oh, footballer. Old fella, isn't he ever? So I came across a quality team this, that this uh, journalist has put together of redhead footballers. Oh, I just thought yeah. you might take you back and, yeah, absolutely. and uh, remind you of a few from the past. Brad so, Harding? Well, Brad Hardy's in the back pocket. Yeah. He's first picked. Yeah. Brad Hardy. Brownlow Medal winning Brad Hardy. Yeah. Daniel Sauce Merritt. Daniel Merritt. Daniel Sauce Merritt. He yep. used to play for the Brisbane Lions, as I recall. Yep. Tim Bluey McGrath. Tim McGrath. Played yeah, Geelong. Geelong. Yep. Guy Bluey McKenna. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah. Justin Lepich. Yeah, uh, Brisbane Lights. Correct. Dustin Fletcher. Yeah, well, yeah Bombers, of course. Yeah. Yep. yep. Robert Scratch O'Neill. Uh, Robert Neal was yeah. us. Sorry. And Geelong. And Geelong. Us, yes. That's correct. Keith Megsy Gregg. Yeah, North Melbourne. Yeah, champion. Champion. Neville Bruns. Uh, yeah, no, Geelong. Geelong, yeah. yeah. Adam Cooney. Geelong. Nah, Adam Cooney. Cooney. Yeah, the dogs. Cooney. Oh, Adam, Adam Cooney. Adam Cooney. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of Brownlow never should have. Yeah, well, possibly. Yeah. Barry Stoneham. Uh, dogs. Yeah, sent up back for yeah. Geelong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big unit. Jared yep. Roughhead. Yeah, well, Hawks. Yeah. Yep. 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 Gary Moorcroft. The Bombers. Bombers, yeah. Yep. Lance Whitnell. Yeah, Carlton. 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 Darren Boris Buick. Uh, bombers. Yes. Steve Straubs O'Dwyer. Yeah, Melbourne. <laughs> he was a particular Mel- joke. <laughs> Cameron Ling. Yeah, Geelong. And Clayton Oliver. Uh, Clayton Oliver playing now in Melbourne. Yes, and the coach was Norm Red Fox Smith. Uh, Norm, yeah, Norm. Norm. Hey, uh, haven't, they, haven't they left it? out? Uh, who was uh, who was old mate at uh, at the Saints? Who was a ringer and uh, back pocket, a half back flanker? Daniel, Daniel, Daniels. Yeah, Jack well, he's Daniels. Not good enough to get in. This what? Jack Daniels? Outrage! Couldn't, Outrageous! Couldn't kick that well, Jack Daniels. <laughs> Jack wasn't a great kick. He wasn't a great. He's a good tackler. He was but a good tackler. Yeah, he was shit at handball, he was a but good, he good team man. He was a good. He was good to have around the club. He was a good team man. He was good in the rooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, no we love Jack. Away, Jack. I just good. wanted to. Um, I was. I was apropos of Jeff Bezos, um, oh, CEO gosh. of Amazon, owner of Amazon, CEO of everything in the world. He's um, he's doubled his net worth. Yep, and he's now worth two hundred and forty-seven billion. 
And uh, I extrapolated that because I didn't understand how big the number was. I divided it by 365 yeah. um, to get the number 676 million. I don't know what it means. It's just I divided by 365 days of the year to see um, how I could chunk that down. It's uh, both big numbers. He's uh, he, uh, He's got a net worth more than the GDP of Hungary yeah. or Algeria. Yeah. Right. So he's number one. Bill Gates. Number three I want to talk to you about, the Bernald Arnold family who own a business called LVMH. Mm. Louis Vuitton Moe. Oh, yeah, oh, they've got all they've got a whole bunch of brands under them, haven't yeah, they? I'll get back to those. Yep. Warren Buffett, Larry Ellison yep. from Oracle, yep. uh, Zuckerberg, yep. Steve Ballmer, ex Microsoft, yep. um, um, Larry Page, ex Google, Sergey Brin, ex Google, and a bloke called Amancio Ortega. Amancio. Amancio owns a business called Inditex, which owns the Zara. Uh, oh, really? But I, I, I thought it's a lot I'll of coin have, for one label. I'll have a look at, um, but his name's Amancio Ortega. I think he does other things. Yeah. So I looked at this business LVMH, and it staggered me how many brands they own, Scotty. Right. So in the wines and spirits part of their cohort, they own Cape Mentel, Chandon, Chateau de Quem. World's most expensive wine. Yeah. Cloudy Bay, Dom Perignon, Hennessy, Krug, and Chond- Moet and Chandon, what? and Verve Clicquot. Then in the fashion, they've got the ones that I, the girls will know these, but I know Christian Dior, yeah. Fendi, yeah. Gav- Givenchy, yeah. um, Louis Vuitton, yeah. um, R.M. Williams, wow. Thomas Pink, a whole lot of others. In the perfumes area, yeah. they own... Um, uh, Givenchy Parfums, um, uh, Marc Jacobs Beauty, Christian Dior, um, a whole bunch of other ones, Guerlain. In the watches, they own Bulgari, Hublot, Tag Heuer, Tiffany & Co. What? <laughs> and in the retail, they've got a... Oh, they've got DFS, a few of these other things. They've got a, they've got a Sephora. They've got a, they've got a cruise company. And they also own a, a whole bunch of yachts and hotels and Pinarello, the bicycle company. Hey, how are they going? Shut the fridge. So their family own all of those businesses. Oh, goodness Which me. is why he's worth a pretty penny. They are some serious brands. They're serious brands, hey? aren't they? Amazing. I, mean, anyway. I'm just, I was just waiting for you to tell me it was, you know, uh, that Lamborghini was in there <laughs> or a Mercedes Benz or. Yeah. I tell you what, they're smart. They haven't got anywhere near cars. No. Anyway. And interestingly, um, nowhere near property. No. In that sort of that's portfolio. Why that's why they've got lots of money. But, yeah, whiz, what a list. That anyway, like who's we'll, who? We'll sure. finish there. Uh, right. And we'll wind it up. Here we and go. We'll get about done it again. Time. So we've done it again. On two smoking guns. Um, have a good week, old oh, mate. Well, my friend. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. We uh, we hope you had some fun uh, with us today. And um, hopefully we'll be back again next Sunday. Well, but, let's um, see what happens. We might be in lockdown in the towers. Uh, well, mate, uh, nothing will stop us from being back next Sunday. <laughs> You've been listening to Two Smoking Guns again. Have a great Sunday.